0: the Plugged In Podcast, a new project from the Institute for Energy Research. To find out more about our work, visit our website at instituteforenergyresearch.org. Welcome to the Plugged In Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Stevens. I'm joined today by my colleague, Hunter Pearl, who's recently written two articles on climate litigation and how these debates have been playing out in state and federal courts. Hunter, thank you for taking the time to join me today. Nice to be with you. Um, so, in the first article that you put out, you explain this uh, new strategy called atmospheric trust litigation. Can you explain what's behind that strategy, and I think our listeners would be interested in what it entails outside of the courtroom as well.
1: Yeah, so this strategy, um, it, it's you know, kind of been in the brainchild of uh, Oregon law professor Mary Wood uh, for at least a decade. Um, there is an uh, impactful environment conference about seven years ago in La Jolla, California, where um, a sort of strategy uh, was formed, where the main part of it has always been uh, have a federal lawsuit, a lawsuit against the federal government with children as plaintiffs, uh, alleging that they there is a constitutional right to... Um, Uh, proper care essentially for the public trust and commons that the government has been violating these rights and that, uh, therefore, uh, the children, uh, are suffering harm from that. Um, and so that's always been the, the main focus. And then the strategy involves a lot of other pieces as well. Um, and it's fascinating just looking at how this was discussed partly hypothetically, um, in 2012. And now, uh, you see it all happening now. There's, um, lawsuits against state governments, there's lawsuits um, in other countries that um, they're supporting and we've seen that in the Netherlands um, and other places. There is uh, attorneys general um, investigating ExxonMobil and other oil companies trying to blame them for having knowledge of climate change but spreading misinformation, Um, public nuisance lawsuits against oil companies. These were started um, in, by private actors and now they've gotten uh, cities, counties, and even the state of Rhode Island to join in on this. And then there's a uh, media aspect to it as well. So,
0: Can you give a brief overview of some of these cases and then explain why courts generally are deciding not to pick them up?
1: Definitely. So in all 50 states, there's some case or um, action that was started, um, one uh, law firm in particular, our children's trust has been behind these. A lot of these have been thrown out, but they did actually find a victory in Massachusetts. Now the state lawsuits um, often revolve around some state state uh, legislation. That's um, what they were able to win with in Massachusetts. There was a statute that uh, did require the state to fulfill certain climate goals. And the state had, of course, not fulfilled those. So that's an easier win. But of course, they also may be taking into account the the public trust and comments uh, argument, which is in the uh, lawsuit against the federal government. And that just goes way beyond um, anything that we see in the courts elsewhere. I, I mean, it's it's really they've invented a new constitutional right, and then they're saying it's being um, violated, uh, and so most judges see through this, they realize that this is a political argument that they, um, that these plaintiffs have not really suffered harm and they, are, they don't really have their rights violated, they simply want to affect uh, the political system through the courts.
0: Yeah, one of the cases that you outlined specifically is Juliana versus the United States. Can you talk about the political goals that are in play in that case in particular? Um, what are the plaintiffs asking for there?
1: Yeah, so Juliana versus the United States, the, uh, the current uh, iteration of their federal lawsuit, lawsuit against the federal government, it's plainly political by just the remedies they're seeking. It, it's not um, that they're saying... Uh, we are going to suffer damages from climate change, so you have to pay us, which would be one thing. They're actually saying uh, because the federal government, in their words, supports fossil fuels, which is to say that it uh, permits drilling uh, on federal lands for oil and natural gas, and it allows Americans to use conventional fuels, which the flip side being you know, if they were to not allow that, um, completely ban it, which is what uh, the plaintiffs want. Their remedy is that they want the federal government to essentially ban all conventional fuels and stabilize the uh, world carbon emissions, which of course is physically impossible before we even get to the legal possibilities for the government to truly mandate that Everybody everywhere uh, in the country does not use any kind of fossil fuels, um, any carbon emitting fuels. It, it's such a uh, fantasy. And what they're mandating, of course, they, they claim this is necessary to fight climate change, but this is their desired political result
0: the second article that you wrote on this topic uh, you shift your focus a little bit more to different uh, municipalities that are also pursuing public nuisance lawsuits against energy companies. Can you talk a little bit about what's going on there
1: yeah so the cities counties uh, state of Rhode Island um, uh, there's been multiple uh, of these suits and some have been thrown out and some keep uh, and then other cities join in basic idea being that they are suing ExxonMobil and other oil companies for essentially the damages that they s- decide that they have been uh, they have suffered or will suffer as a result of climate change and that this is a public nuisance um, that, that the oil uh, emissions have, have caused this public nuisance. and of course it's ridiculous. I, I mean they use, Conventional fuels have used them for hundred years. Um, Cities would not exist if there was no uh, power like this. I I mean, we we've used we first we burned wood, then coal, then you know we have oil and natural gas. Um, That's allowed modern society to happen. Um, And so the idea that now the cities are uh, coming uh, with allegations of uh, public nuisance. I mean, it really, it's using this uh, very old common law idea of public nuisance where you know, you'd know you be able to prevent an actor that was clearly causing some disruption in the community uh, to stop doing that. And you're going to apply that to a company that sells people the natural gas that heats their homes and powers hospitals and schools.
0: Right, the circumstances are a little bit different here, where everybody's using the products that are allegedly creating the nuisance, and uh, obviously there's significant benefits that go into the use of those things. So, you also discussed the uh, the Tobacco Master Settlement Agreement. Can you explain what that was, and then why is why is that relevant to what's going on with these uh, with these cities?
1: The tobacco master settlement agreement was the um, result of class action lawsuit against um, tobacco companies by uh, mostly states. Um, they, their argument was that tobacco companies had knowingly sell, sold this dangerous product um, and maybe even lied about their uh, the, the effects of it. And so they were able to secure billions of dollars in perpetuity that the tobacco companies would have to pay all these states billions of dollars every year for the use of the states to advertise uh, tobacco prevention, essentially. And so they've been using this model for the climate lawsuits, and it shows why they care so much about suing the oil companies. It's because they are seeing dollar signs. Uh, They got billions of dollars from tobacco companies. And so if they can just paint the oil companies, the new tobacco, they can get billions of dollars from them. Uh, Now, the problems are, for one, uh, the analogy is not very close. Uh, The oil companies do not sell a dangerous product in the same way. Uh, It's derived serious benefit from it, and it's clearly saved countless lives, uh, our use of conventional fuels. But there is some concern that in the future, having over-relied on these, this will contribute to climate change. Of course, looking at the history of the Tobacco Master Settlement Agreement, you also see problems with the fact that the money that was supposed to go to tobacco prevention has gone to all number of things. Uh, the states have used the, it, the, the fund as a cash cow, and, and it's clear that that's what um, these mini- municipalities want to do. And finally, the idea that oil companies like tobacco companies have been spreading misinformation about their product. Um, this has been the subject of the hashtag Exxon new, uh, attorneys general, uh, investigating Exxon and they haven't been able to find it. I mean, they've been at it for years and, uh, they found no, uh, proof. Exxon put out some, uh, very top of the line climate research. Uh, and it was all public. Um, and that's how they were able to find it and to begin with.
0: Okay, my guest today has been Hunter Pearl. He's our policy associate here at IER. Hunter, thank you again for taking the time to talk to me.
1: Thank you, Alex.